0: Welcome to the All That's Holy
1: Blue Collar Podcast. Thought-provoking interviews with interesting guests and commentary on everything. Food, sports, God, gardening, church, politics, music, movies, comedy, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Cody Stopper. And this is Craig Morton. On this podcast, we talk to writers, teachers, activists, and we seek some wisdom, and as always... We are allergic to big words, but not to big ideas. Profound things will be said, but entirely by accident.
2: They
0: didn't
1: have the option to record to the cloud. <clears throat> maybe,
0: maybe you have to do recording first, and then yeah, there you go, and then you can do a screen check.
1: And there we go is yeah, yeah.
0: That's
1: that's Cody mumbling.
0: Say <laughs> so, uh, hi Cody. Uh, good morning. Merry
1: Christmas. <laughs> so, so do you are are you in are you in the Christmas spirit yet?
0: Uh, ho, ho, ho.
1: Okay. Well can I play a lovely piece of music for you? <laughs> yeah. It's, See it's what dead. you can do. It's, it is one mm. of my favorite Advent carols so okay. here we go
3: That's an air, the world began to be he is a fund, Omega he the source the ending he
1: this is where it gets cool
3: of the things that are that have
1: Maybe have the first.
3: been future years shall see evermore. it's good.
0: Yeah, Kathleen Lundquist. Yep, <clears throat> it's.
1: Uh, I heard her first on. Uh, there's a, a Roman Catholic prayer app, Divine Office. Okay, and and uh, she was on that. And it's just the echoing of her voice over her voice, over her voice. Yeah. And uh, with the, with right. that slight uh, delay and the echo, yep. it's uh, I, I love it. it and it's Your music rap. like that that gets me into an Advent Christmas mood. I don't really get into the pop carols and the Christmas yep. songs. and <clears throat> There's a
0: few pop carols that are. That but me. those, We've but got those that are like, our-
1: those that sound like sacred angels, you know, you know, hanging out in the heavens, that stuff kind of gets me.
0: <laughs> that stuff transports you. It does. <clears throat> I like it. That sounds good. Man. So are
1: you, are you ready for Advent? How's your church? You're uh, getting all ready and
0: well, we're kind of, I mean, so the Methodist church in the Pacific Northwest is still very cautious about things like singing and True. that type of dill so we actually just this last sunday sang for the first time in our sanctuary at the end of the service with our masks on you know type of dill mm-hmm. <clears throat> only one song because it was the last song so you know anything we're leaving so if it lingers who cares you know we're not going <laughs> to be in the in the room so yep um so <sighs> we're unsure what to do about yeah. <clears throat> things like christmas eve and advent and whatnot but well, you know we'll be doing the the kind of the typical stuff you know the advent talent or wreath and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. we do have the um a, a gal in one of the churches put together a, uh, a devotional book that people can do some activities and do some readings and all that kind of thing. So eh, we're doing something. At least. Yeah.
1: I, you know, I find myself so reflective during the season of Advent that yeah. I, I don't really personally heavily lean on the whole communal aspect. Yeah. And it seems like with a pandemic era Advent that works, you know, Right. What is what does it mean to be in isolation? What does it mean to be hoping for something <laughs> around the corner? Uh, and we're still doing now. it. We're still <laughs> yeah, there.
0: Exactly. So last year actually we put a lot of more effort into it, you know. I mean, we made we <clears throat> had a bunch of things. Well, we're still doing it. I have something similar this year, but just kind of scaled back, but I mean, we did a lot to try to get people you know, doing things online, you know, connecting uh, through whatever zoom meetings and whatnots, we are doing um remember our, our guest that we had a not this last episode. maybe it is our last episode was dominique our last episode we posted up
1: i think it was i think it was yeah
0: okay we're doing his book right up until basically december 15th you know like uh, once a week meeting okay. them, going through it so we're doing that uh, that's so. Take so uh, t-
1: take me back to that. So you're taking you're taking his book about stories of subversion, yes, in, sub- in the Bible, mm-hmm. and you're using those as Advent themes.
0: We just it just kind of lined up. I mean, we just wanted to do a fall study, so we oh, okay. started, you know, essentially middle of middle of October. But anyway, it just as we planned it out, the last week did land on wednesday december or whatever 15th or whatever it is but i mean in his book i mean he that's kind of where he lands is with you know jesus mary you know subversively
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: so kind of works out just right it does
1: work up it <laughs> yeah so are you are you using are you using the lectionary to guide through uh, the worship times
0: yeah, that's the plan right now It's kind of what we're leaning on, um, which I haven't looked far enough ahead yet to really <laughs> dive into it. But I mean, I have a plan, you know, I have a overarching yeah. plan, but really to <clears throat> dig deep into themes for each Sunday, not quite yet. I mean, yeah. I kind of rely on the, the old, I'm going to rely on the old, you know, trope of peace, love, joy, you know, hope. The you know, stuff. all those black, what a brown. got no, I'm just kidding.
1: So, one of the things I was reading looking forward to the advent this year was, um, one, one uh, blog I was looking at was looking at the ecological themes and the environmental Ooh. covenants that oh. place in these different Old Testament passages and the Hebrew prophets looking for this time of, you know, kind of um
2: Ooh.
1: universal healing. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's not I'll as if there's anything in any the grunts. news, you know, to link up with <laughs> environmental stuff. I mean, too bad there aren't leaders someplace in the world getting together to talk about this stuff. But
0: yeah, you'd think, but geez. <laughs>
1: but uh, yeah, so I mean, that's one thought that I'm thinking about. But the other okay, thing is, I like that. Carla and I, for the last uh, portion of, of ordinary time, we jumped out of the lectionary uh, in August, I think it was.
0: How dare you!
1: Yeah, I know. It's like, you know, it's proper 24B. It's like, oh, come on. We, there's, there's too many propers here. But um, so we decided to start preaching on the Hebrew names of God. Yeah. And our, I think our, our primary, what I'm getting is our theme is that the Hebrew people had some really good names for God. Yes. But the Hebrew people really didn't know God very well because they tended to forget those <laughs> certain characteristics or aspects of God they identified with these wonderful names. Yeah. Um, so I preached on um, on the on the on the word the name Yahweh, and uh, Carla preached on uh, Yahweh. Is it Risi? R i s s i. I think is the transliteration. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I did Elroy. His boy Elroy. You know. Oh and, boy. Uh, um, oh boy, Oh, Roy! And then, um, then let's see what else. Uh, but anyway, we're just working on those names. And I think, in some ways, that can lead into a, a good advent to Christmas. It's like yeah. we're seeing all these different characteristics of God, but how do they all come together yeah. in one uh, one person? Yeah, well,
0: yeah, so. see, there you go, buddy. So
1: I think that's what Ooh, we're going to go for. I like it. So um, later like on in this. Episode, we have a yes. conversation.
0: Speaking of uh, worship setupy stuff for Advent. Yes. We who did we talk to? We talked to Jacob. My anchor holds.
1: My anchor holds. Jacob Eckberger and Katie O'Neill Eckberger. Two and lovely, uh, wonderful people. Very, very uh, a fun conversation. Um, and, I'm going a uh,
0: double date with them
1: does that mean you and me and the two of them
0: no well okay maybe we should do a triple date
1: i think it'd be triple then okay all right i I wanted to make sure that okay i wanted to make sure who you all were dating
0: craig all right <laughs> craig and carla can come too
1: that would be fun let's do it
0: um <laughs> yeah. let's meet up in uh
1: hey let's <clears throat> minneapolis is awesome
0: okay right.
1: it's a great place let's to go in the winter the... time
0: no let's get past the winter
1: <laughs> it, it, it forces you to go inside and enjoy the, the the good places to eat they talked about so
0: yeah that's true but i don't know if my waistline can handle that right now
1: so the first time i went to uh saint paul yeah or minneapolis i was in college i mean in seminary and i was going to uh this uh, convention on um Christian social action stuff. I forgot it was representing event uh, evangelicals for social action, which is no longer ESA. It's Christians I <laughs> think, for social action. They dropped the evangelical name, but um, in Philadelphia it was seventy-five degrees, and I it was a it was a warm November day, and just for the heck of it, I went down to the basement at uh, at the seminary where there was a pile of used clothing, and I grabbed a coat that I thought, oh, I might need that when I get to St. Paul. It was a London fog wool cashmere overcoat. It was like a $500 coat. I mean, it's an amazing thing. It was missing a button. So some rich person decided to donate it to poor seminary students. It's It's still the overcoat I wear when I'm doing graveside funeral services and it's a cold, blustery day. Anyway.
0: Oh, that's a good find.
1: But when I got off the plane you know, wearing just my, my shirt sleeves and, you know, jeans and get walking along. I'm going, Oh, it's chilly here. It was 19 degrees below zero. And it's like, I'm glad I grabbed that coat. Um, wow, that's rough, like, Whoa, that's cold. That's a huge um, difference
0: there. Yeah.
1: And so it's one of those places that's a good place to, to live because it makes you feel like you've survived something worth bragging about.
0: <laughs> you get to brag about it the rest of the year.
1: Yeah. Ooh, so well, yeah but we had a, you know, one of the things they mentioned about the music and I hadn't really thought about the difference, the, the difference in the, um, in the types of music they talked about about the songs that they play for, you know, to listen to, to reflect, but also those that are for worship, you know, yeah. and people to use in you know, kind of a more communal setting. And, and that kind of came up just because, uh, jacob or katie or somebody one of them had posted on social media that there's a lack of music for those who are on the kind of progressive um left-leaning side for worship music yes and so i think that'd be another thing that's like i would like to be able to to pursue that you know how do you create community for folks who are singing those songs that have some really um, hard questions in them
0: yeah well and i think it's interesting you know she mentioned progressive but actually you know there is in the history of the church there's still right. quite a few but but I think what is the whole the donut hole if you will <laughs> uh-huh. is for people kind of in between that like maybe transitioning to that or they're just right now like I'm kind of just done with for at least a while and may, who knows maybe forever. Done with organized religion, you know. I can't even. I don't even know if I can call myself a Christian. You, yeah, you, you remember? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> remember going through that phase? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Well, you know, and and you and I were talking a little bit about this earlier. This is uh, feels like a cultural wheel that's coming back round Repeat.
0: again, repeating again. Yeah, because yeah. we were. Well, we're they're not going to throw this label. Maybe and hopefully, I you know, here's what I've learned. Through my experience, uh, the time that I really was deconstructing and going through that, um, the emergent emergent stuff was going on. Emergence, mm-hmm. emergence Christianity, emergent, you know, they really marketed it really well.
1: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and, that, that, well, and that's when it began to break down, too, is when it got exactly. heavily marketed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's why I was hoping I might maybe just let it naturally, whatever happened, I mean, because the idea is true. I mean, right. the idea of emergence is always true, that's always going on. But I think to try to freeze a movement or a natural, I mean, it seems natural to me now because it's just, again, it's a cycle that's repeating. So Hmm. uh, to try to freeze that into a, well, this is what we call it. Here it is. Let's put and slap a trademark on it. And yeah, that seemed to derail at least that moment. But still lots of good folks were like, "Well, yeah, no, fine. I don't need to have that branding. But I just recognize that maybe in my journey, there's going to be times of tear down, build mm-hmm. up, tear down, build up. So there's still a lot of good stuff that came from that period. And I know. hope that
1: it, each of those times of tearing down—I mean, one of the struggles that I have, and you probably have it too. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't speak for you, but I mm-hmm. mean, you and I are both uh, white, middle-class, cisgendered guys. Yeah. Um, yep. and and I think both of you are—you know—both of us, our heart is to have it'd be open, you know? Yes, yep. Um, And so, yeah. I will say. Go ahead.
0: I will say that this period now of this happening feels more open than it did back then.
1: Yeah, Because back
0: then, especially as they were branding it, you know, it was. It seemed like it was all in the hands of cisgender white men, you know, the emergent village and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, there was very, very... It
0: feels, feels more now like all these disparate groups are finding each other, yeah. You know, whether it yeah. be from LGBTQ plus people who are like we're going through this because of how we've been treated by the church, yeah. To um, uh, indigenous folks and uh, people of color, you know, just like yeah, let's get out of the way and let them lead. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and, and I think it puts us just in a difficult spot to articulate it uh, easily. I think it, what one of our friends that we had a conversation with on here. Last year, sometime uh, Adam Erickson, yes, who's a, I mean, a, just a really beautiful advocate for you know an open community, you know, for faith, and um, somebody criticized him, I believe, on some uh, post he had either on Facebook or Instagram Talker. about his statement <laughs> about welcoming, you know, everybody's welcome, yeah, you know, to be a part of our congregation, which I, to me, I I, I I use those same words. Yeah. And one of the comments that came from somebody who was um, a submersive, somebody, when, uh, I'm submersive, subversive, a subversive comment, not submersive. I'm thinking about a blender. Um, <laughs> I used my submersive blender yesterday. Yeah. But anyway, kind of this subversive comment was somebody who said, it's really not for you as a white um, person to say this mm. um, because it wasn't that people aren't welcome it's that we shouldn't even have to welcome anybody you know god has welcome if oh, we say wow. i welcome you it's almost like i'm taking a position of power to say hey i'm holding open the door oh, oh, it's not even oh, my door to hold open
0: oh oh, oh, oh. oh wow yeah i've not thought about that that's and true, so though.
1: how do we put ourselves in a position to point to the open door say we're not opening it um uh, it's here um oh. Or you might find another way in even maybe our open door isn't the right open door. Yeah. But you, but, but we're seeking community. (sighs) So
0: that just made me think about what if, boy, boy, the implications. What if I'm out there touting that we're, Hey, we're welcome. We're open for all I'm trying to communicate. Hey, means it's, you know, uh inclusive and safe you know for for people who are you know all over whatever what if people who have been mistreated by certain people hear that as like well that means my people who've abused me you know not the exact people but i mean people who think like right what i've how i've been handled are are also going to be there because it's welcome and open (laughs) yeah that's true oh geez man
1: that can be an unsafe place i feel like an unsafe (laughs) place yeah. Uh, no, the 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 um, other aspect of, of that, that that I find myself struggling with is, is I would love to go back in Peter's mind. Um, so he's got the rooftop vision, mm. you know, that there's nothing unclean. Yeah. And it's not that he goes out into the community and says, everybody's welcome. Nothing's unclean. Uh,
0: he goes and learns it.
1: He 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 has to get it through this dream that he's not figuring out. But then it is somebody knocks at his door. Yeah, it is <laughs> it is it is Cornelius and and his entourage who come and say, uh, "We're here." Wow. And all Peter does at the end of that is in chapter ten say, "Now I see there there is there you know God doesn't play favorites with anybody." <laughs> and so rather than oh. saying, "Hey, everybody's welcome," um, he in fact has that. They, they come to, to him yeah. and tell them, they, they basically tell Peter, hey, by the way, we're welcome. God told us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're, we're tearing down. Oh, oh man, that's good.
1: So, we're yeah. That, gonna, we, oh, and okay. so it, for me, part of that dilemma is how do I, oh. how do I encapsulate that in worship? So there's songs oh, we can come through the week that kind of dig down into our hearts and say oh. having those thoughts, that's okay place to be. Wow. so
0: <sighs> Yeah. How do you convey all of that? in so many oh wow that's interesting because now you're making me think you know peter opened the door but guess what it was it was like they were in oh man it's like they were inviting him out of his well
1: that's house. right because that's where, where they went built. they left didn't yeah. They? yeah
0: yeah oh Oof. yeah that's good Oh man. Yeah, oh, so when
1: so when the entourage gets into Cornelius and he preaches, the spirit comes and boom. Yeah, it's oh. in, it's in Cornelius it's in the home of Cornelius that it takes place. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. Right. I wonder if there's
1: a, I wonder if there's a way to take that term exvangelical, you know, yes. that that you know has got some traction and make that ex mean part of it's moving out, moving out the message.
0: Yeah, act out out it's out like
1: i'm job. i'm not xing out or crossing out the good news what i'm crossing out is housing it in this narrow in its narrow yeah, confines i like that huh tell you this what let's good. let's you, you and i all write a book on that a couple of a couple of white cis, cisgendered guys telling people how to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's interesting mm. so you know one <laughs> thing that did catch me okay so we were yeah. um it was like 2008 i was at a was it 2008 or maybe it was 2009 I was at a conference, you know, Brian McLaren was there, Shane Claiborne. And, um, you know, the whole, of course, deconstruction, but it was also heavily tied to postmodern, you know, uh, well, deconstruction, of course, you know, so, <laughs> so I can remember somebody standing up, um, one of the, one of the additional speakers, and they were saying, "Y'all are <laughs> like all you white people are ready to tear this down, move on philosophically, you know, move past this modernism stuff." Right when some of us are just catching up and able to get something from it.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, and I and I had heard that quite a bit through some of the consulting work I was I was doing as groups were working with post modernity. So how yeah, did what did what what about that?
0: I just remember like thinking that like and and. You know, how do we do that but now maybe this is it right here right now with the, like how many people uh, of these voices are what we would call ex-evangelical aren't aren't leaving behind the trappings of things that you and I are leaving behind you know they're leaving behind you know for me it was it really was about philosophy and theology you know back mm-hmm. then Right <clears throat> for them now, it's just way more practical. Like, um, you know, we want some justice. <laughs> you know, yeah, like it's true, want, right? Yeah, yeah, it's less tied in, and maybe of course philosophy ties into this a bit. But I mean, I think there could care. It seems like it's much caring less about doctrine and theology, although there's of course weavings of that in there. It's much more has to do with just how the church has been in the world um, so politics policy um, candidates they've supported policies they've advocated for
1: so getting a little philosophical just, here <laughs> okay. i think you're i think you're onto something that's got me thinking about a model in my head yeah so uh, before we started recording i mentioned phyllis tickle's book the great emergence yeah. mm-hmm. and she talks about every 500 years these massive uh you know kind of Revolutions, not re- you know, kind of philosophical yeah. revolutions and changes. To- and um, yeah, and, and my <laughs> thought is, and I've always thought this, and but she doesn't go into detail. It's not like, okay, the time's up 500 years ends uh, today, boom, it's all new. Of- <laughs>
4: right.
1: um, I mean, it always happens in little pieces kind of picking away yeah. and eventually, you know, something new begins to emerge. You know, does yeah. it begin with a philosophical shift? A philosophical and theological shift. But then when you experience things that are more practical oriented, mm. um, you know, issues good. of policing, issues yeah. of, um, you know, who's allowed to love whom um, these kinds of things that affect people in their own lives and their communities. Is that just a second wave of that first one that wouldn't have been asked without that first wave of oh, it's kind of good. a different, different uh, framework. That. Um, yeah. Is there a third wave yet to come, you know, and, oh where does it progress and when does it eventually turn over um alvin toffler wrote the book third wave um back in the was it the 70s but his idea was picking up on that old surf metaphor the best wave is the third one you know Mm -hmm. and it makes me wonder is there a third wave that brings this all home so
0: yeah that's good
1: who knows who knows yeah Anyway, that was a fun, that was a fun engine to run down.
0: Yeah. And I think it fits well with, uh, I think it can fit well with our Advent discussion, right? Because here we are, we're like, okay, what are we waiting for? What's, what's coming next? And when you are so unsure, even, you know, Katie and, and uh, Jacob mentioned, you know, a a lyric from their song about uh, is the God I'm serving right now. uh, Unrighteous. Is it an unrighteous God that I'm serving? so what's coming next if i'm getting rid of that now what's next and how do i know i've been duped before
1: <laughs> yeah is did perhaps this humility coming
0: yeah i hope so
1: uh, walking humbly you know loving mercy it hurts so yeah, uh, yeah. Wow.
0: good discussion
1: yeah so that that uh, uh cd ep from um my anchor holds comes out november 19th i believe i'll have notes on that on the
0: Podcast Ooh, paid. Excited,
1: And um, yeah, it'd be really fun to talk with them some more. Maybe, maybe even have a retreat somewhere down in the future with them.
0: <sighs> I would love to have a retreat, just a retreat. I need a yeah. retreat. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> I need, I need one.
1: So we're, we, we are working on a, <gasps> uh, all that's holy blue collar retreat. Who is we are. Who's me? You and me.
0: What? <laughs> a little heads up would have been appreciated. Just actually, we began talking
1: you. about a retreat with uh, some other people, but you know, or yes. about another setting. But we'll 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 figure it out.
0: Oh yeah, no dates, <clears throat> no
1: themes, no place, dude. Not yet. To Just reveal yet,
0: a, a, a seed of an idea is very appropriate for Advent what is coming? We're waiting. We don't know. Well, talk. we're, we're waiting with bated breath.
1: <laughs> oh man. So your, your immersive so, background is really interesting to watch as you talk. So anyway,
0: because I fade in and out,
1: actually, you don't fade in and out. You go diagonal, you go sideways, you wiggle back and forth. Yeah. Like that. It's like, wow. Are you, are you yeah. wiggling your phone around or what? <laughs> both you and stanley are upside down now
0: <laughs> stanley right. stanley oh stanley
1: yeah he's back he's back there in the office doing some work am I
0: still upside down why am i still upside down on your screen
1: you are still upside down
0: i, I turned it back what happened i don't know i am. Ru- i've ruined i'm ruined <laughs>
1: Okay. Hey, so back on track with some thoughts.
0: We go. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um,
1: we, we should put some feelers out there about what kind of retreat people might like.
0: Oof, I love it. So, so if you if you are a loyal listener to the All That's Holy Blue Collar podcast, let's hear some ideas <clears throat> of uh, what types of things you'd like to see and experience in All That's Holy Blue Collar podcast podcast would you like a theme like open and relational that's kind of what we're thinking
1: about. yep
0: yeah we like that that seems to be what we're jive what we're jive vibing jiving
1: vibing vibing, <laughs> vibing i think we're vibing <laughs> but what we're jiving this? with that vibe but we're not jibing with that vibe
0: <laughs> what is jibe? is jibe a thing
1: i think if or- a j- j-i-b-e is like when you're poking somebody like like a jab oh, okay. i don't know i don't know
0: there could be some of that, too. It but, could uh, be. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, well, oh, We need to have a, a, a component of the conference for parents of uh, middle school middle schoolers and high schoolers.
1: So I think what would be I awesome would be to have an offsite component for all children is they uh, get into a bus and they maybe go to uh, someplace for a weekend. That would be
0: awesome. That would be great. <laughs> I would, I would pay lots of money for that.
1: So I'm sure there's lots of kind people who would take them if we just left them on a the roadside somewhere.
0: Oh, I don't want to do
1: I wouldn't that. do that
0: either. I mean, some days I'm thinking, but yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I need help. We'll have to iron out those details.
0: Okay. I love it. No, this is cool. I'm, I'm All right. So, uh,
1: coming up after this conversation, we have our conversation with Jacob and Katie. I love
0: it. You're gonna and love then it. Uh,
1: we'll get this posted. You'll find out chemistry, when it's posted, of course.
0: The chemistry is 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? When you can feel something, what's the word? Tangible. Uh, tangible. Yeah, we're make we make a a good team. We do with all right those all right
1: so that's probably all we've got time for right now that's okay all right i like it all right and so we'll be we we won't be recording for another couple of weeks
0: yeah i I will be meeting with some other local yokels
1: so hopefully nothing of significance will happen over the next few weeks that we feel like we missed
2: i mean can you believe this Cody?
1: here's my final thought You and I have not talked for a long time. It's been so long since we last talked that there wasn't even a World Series going on last time we talked, I think. (laughs) Is that true? And that's like old now.
0: I know. So old.
1: Anyway. All right. (sighs) Braves. You know that that the Astros could not win?
0: Oh, yeah. Why? Well, Well, because if they they won,
1: everybody would have thought, oh, yeah, you're just cheating again. So I think I think to improve the reputation, they had to lose.
0: (laughs) They lost for the. (laughs) Uh, All
1: right. Well. Happy Advent prep.
0: Thank you. You too. Get at. Get after it.
1: Uh, Okay. (laughs) I'll see you later. All right. Bye. All right. So hey, hello, Craig. Hey, Cody. This is Craig. Cody, Craig. are you Cody?
0: I let me check. Let me check my <laughs> vans deferens.
1: <laughs> yes, they
0: so, say yes. So I'm Cody.
1: We, we were having an enlightening conversation about human anatomy <laughs> uh, because of my hand surgery. Uh, when Cody said something about vans def vans def- deference, and um, my response is that's not part of the hand surgery.
0: <laughs> well, it's what do you call it—the ven- van's putrin?
1: <laughs> there's no van. There, there's no van. There, there's no van. It's deputrins de contracture.
0: Deputrins contracture. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, no van. Okay. But but I was saying, if we're going to talk about Van's deference, I believe that has to do with vasectomies. And I was making the comment that that maybe should be an interview with the urologist previous to March Madness. Okay, Cody, you don't you don't you don't get the connection, do you?
0: Urology, March Madness, urology.
1: Don't, do, you, um, do you listen to sports radio?
0: I mean, sure, yeah. But uh, why? Okay, so. When March Madness goes on, is there like an uptick all of a sudden in advertising for yes, urology related? Okay. Yes,
1: yes. In fact, <laughs> okay. at least in the Boise area, there are urologists <laughs> who have their uh, March Madness package.
0: Oh my gosh! Oh
1: so my gosh. You get you get the surgery scheduled on a what? What date is what does the basketball games begin? Is it on a Thursday night or is it Friday?
0: I, probably there's the plans that start early, you know, enough in the now. week. Yeah, Thursday, probably Thursday. And so, and so
1: the surgery happens so that uh, oh, it's God. before the first game. Oh,
0: so you can call in sick.
1: Well, call in sick or whatever, but that's not the point. The package is includes uh, the scheduling, which is which is good. It also includes a frozen bag of peas <laughs> <laughs> because icing is important. Yeah. Okay. Um, it includes oh usually gosh. discounts or free pizzas. Nice. So you don't have to get out of the out of the lazy boy or off the sofa. Oh, um, and then there's some other perks, you know, kind of thrown in along with it for March Madness. So it's like March sit next. down, watch basketball, um, Re- recover. Recover, yeah. So maybe Yo, when March wait. Madness comes around, we should have a urologist. Oh my uh, word. On so. You know, already well, though, we've been we've been using bigger words than we normally use. Yep. We've kind of we've kind of um, I'm already we've we've already messed up our rule.
0: I'm already filling hives because I'm allergic to those things. Oh, words. I know.
1: So I feel, so in a few minutes, we should be having our guests jump in uh, and join us today. Uh, Jacob and Katie, who are oh. known as the band My Anchor Holds.
0: My the anchor holds. No, is it my anchor holds?
1: I believe it's my.
0: Okay, we'll ask them. We'll sort this out. Oh. <laughs> $5. That's the, what did I say? The anchor holds.
1: You said the anchor holds. I mean, yeah. that's kind of nice. I'm glad the anchor does, but.
0: But maybe it is my anchor. Maybe it's more personal.
1: Well, it, it's true. But then if there's two of them, which one has the anchor?
0: Mm. And, you know, I believe they're much more about. Inclusive, less being all uh, consumeristic, my me. So,
1: then we. So you're starting off with a challenge. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah, see what it is. You let's know,
0: we'll ask him what it officially
1: is. <laughs> and then you're going to bring up, hey, that doesn't sound communal.
0: That's right, so what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, <laughs> if
1: it is my anchor, I'm going to say,
0: you need to change that. Oh. Uh, yeah. To either the anchor or our anchor. Our anchor. Or what if Ooh. you just call
1: it anchor holds? <laughs>
0: yeah, well, then it might sound like a um a uh, WWE move or a Ooh, that does. Mixed martial arts mixed martial arts. Move. I
1: actually think that sounds WWE, yeah.
0: <laughs> the anchor
1: hold. He goes in for the anchor hold. Boom. <laughs> all right.
0: Hey, all right. <laughs> Um, while we're waiting for them, what, what's another thing we can uh, discuss so real quick.
1: D- did you hear about the auction of Michael Jordan's use uh, shoes? <sighs> Yeah,
0: One, 1. 1.3 million something like that Yeah and shoes. it was rookie and shoes.
1: If, I, if I understand correctly, it was a random pair.
0: Yeah, it was from his rookie year though.
1: Oh, oh so okay.
0: It's a little more <laughs> just so random it was his rookie year. But which... It wasn't
1: like the first game or a high stat <laughs> right. game. That's true. I mean, it yeah. was just, it was just a game rookie,
0: rookie year, uh, which was 83. Is that um,
1: right? Was he there 83 to 89? What was he? Was it, was he there a decade? Oh, no, I don't know. Pretty yeah. Good. Cause he went back and forth because he had that professional golfer and professional baseball player stint.
0: Yep. He, well, it was only a, like a year, right? A year half, yeah. Something like that. But yeah. still, Yep. He, uh, yeah, I think 83, maybe it was 84, somewhere in there. But, so we're talking 30, no. Yeah, no, 30, almost 30 years old shoes. Uh,
1: yeah, and they probably have lost some of their bounce. <laughs> you think?
0: And I think so. And who knows if there's some random pair, what condition they're in, but still 1.3 million.
1: Yeah, you know, it makes me wonder if I could get. I mean, I know. Could you get your some shoes for one point? I mean, what would your shoes uh, come? You'll know, go for.
0: Who would I pick? My shoes.
1: Yeah. What would your shoes?
0: What are my issues?
1: No. What are your shoes <laughs> oh, worth?
0: Oh, what are my shoes worth? Not. Um, I'm. I, they are Nikes. So. Hey Jacob. Hey Katie. Hey. We're
1: we're talking about Michael Jordan's sneakers.
0: <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs> Because they just
0: a uh, repair of his shoes just sold for one point three million dollars from his rookie year.
4: Oh, that's wild! Yeah, Katie, that do you just get
1: attacked?
0: What? Well,
1: wait, oh, does she
0: feel? Uh, does she feel offended by the selling? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean, it is offensive. That's an offensive amount of money. To pay it for is somebody's offensive. Shoes. Well, think of what you could do with one point three million dollars instead of buying old smelly pair
1: of shoes oh my gosh hey so um jacob and katie this is cody over there Hi. I'm, Kate. Yeah. I'm, I'm i'm craig here uh it's great to meet you guys after interacting on social media for a while um and we're glad that you found your way into our little um space so, yeah
4: yeah man i'm glad to be a part of it and telling by katie's face i think she's got issues with audio I can read. Oh, I can she's read weird that. Talking.
0: There. Oh, I heard. Katie, can oh, you hear us?
5: There I am. Hey. I'm <laughs> here. <laughs> and my cat was like climbing on me while I was trying to figure I, out the I, headphones.
1: I think you the only thing I heard you say was "Ack." <laughs> Ack!
5: <laughs> like Ack, cat."
1: Is that the is that the name of the
5: cat? Ack. No.
1: It should be <laughs> That would be a good name for a cat, right? especially Uh, when it's hacking up a hairball.
0: We had a cat named Tafar, which is Hebrew for claws. uh, We named him that because when he was a kitty, he would literally, it didn't matter if I had pants on or not, shorts, he would climb my legs and uh, do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we named him Tafar, Hebrew for claws. That's cool.
1: Craig, what happened to
4: your hand, man?
1: Oh, uh, well, I, I, as my, my physical therapist puts it this way, they took the Viking out of me. Oh. <laughs> so, um, I've got, Don't know what that means. <laughs> I've got, I've got stitches across my palm Ooh. and I had to have it done on my, my left hand and it's called Dupuytren's contracture. And over time, the, the hands curl in and the wrists curl in like this. Oh, Wow. And so after I got this hand repaired, I mean, I, I could never I couldn't hold my hand up straight. It was oh, just, man. You know, and as soon as that hand got done, I was so excited. I went and got my I took my guitars in to go get repaired at the shop.
4: Yeah. Uh, and
1: so they're getting repaired because there's, I couldn't even play guitar anymore.
4: Oh, man! Um,
1: and I couldn't I couldn't work on the keyboard either. So I teach online. I, I'm a professor oh. at two different schools. And teaching online is horrible when you can't type. Sure. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty excited. This hand's this hand's straight now. I can right. I can actually uh, pray
0: uh, <laughs> uh, in,
1: in a manner that I had not before. Could, could
0: not pray before. <laughs>
1: that was the it one thing. That. that was the one thing. Yeah. yeah. In fact, in I my my, uh, my hand surgery, what was that?
5: You have an evildoer scar now.
1: Is yeah. that what it's called?
5: Right. Um, I mean, it looks
0: like you know, like if it were
5: on your face, especially, yeah. If it were like, over your eyebrow, for sure. It, it actually looks like water. I accidentally
1: cut off my pinky and then sewed it back on. <laughs> it, yeah. it goes right that, down there, yeah. so. Okay,
0: what's well, the connection to the Viking? Why do they say? Oh, it's, okay, the
1: Viking? so so um, it's actually uh, a condition that's found in those of Northern European and Scottish descent, Ooh. so Scandinavians <laughs> and Scots. And our family has Scottish uh, heritage, and the the Scots were what invaded from, was it 600 to about the year 1100 by the Vikings, like repeatedly, you know, visiting the, the, the oh, British Isles. They're here again. Yeah, yeah, they're here again, messing up our gene pool. and. Uh, <laughs> and and i'm guessing the the vikings had that contraction be, contracture because they're so used to holding sabers uh, war axes it was just a handy kind of thing maybe i don't know
0: so it was an evolutionary advantage at the time it was it was an adaptation
1: oh. up there yeah and maybe it was really good for like chopping ice i don't know but um serves but, when, me you no know purpose. what it's not
0: good for Keyboard. Right. keyboard keyboard yeah. warrior and
1: and, and prayer a warrior back
0: in the viking days and prayer keyboard warrior now and so warrior. yeah you know
1: and i just you know as a pacifist i don't know what to do with all that warrior stuff so I worked it out of me
5: your cat is good. like lurking over your shoulder craig i love it he looks <laughs> he's been staring into the camera <laughs> Also, you have a white is your cat white because if so that's two points towards being an evildoer
1: uh, well, actually, uh. he's he's actually he's actually kind of that orange cream oh. color. My camera, my camera really really sucks, so you really don't get true color uh, with me. This is this is the other setting oh, I have for my Watch camera. This. This there
4: great. we go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like it. It's a very hulky of you.
1: Oh, that's okay. I, call
0: him, I didn't go so big. I was I called him a green jelly bean. Is what he looks like.
1: <laughs> uh, the green jelly bean so much more cheerful. Yeah. So, so um, back to introducing you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I first, I think, became familiar with your music back in the 2013, 2014, because somewhere along the way, relevant magazines said something about you guys.
4: Uh. I don't, I didn't even and, know that. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> and
1: and well, it was, it was the dream. dirty, it was the dirty Jesus. I think, was that 2013? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We
5: recorded that one in like 13 or 14. Yeah. So. Okay.
1: Yeah. So it was back wow. then. And, and out of that, it's like it kind of stuck in my brain because I really liked the images that are drawn in that song. And it's like, it just stuck with me theologically. It's like, okay, that fits. Like I get that. Mm. Uh, And then you guys seemed to disappear for a while. And then about (laughs) two years ago, maybe it was two years ago, all of a sudden on my Facebook profile, I saw these amazing recipes. Uh, (laughs) And it's like, and I saw these recipe cards that Katie was putting up. And I was like, wait, what is that meal? Send me the information. And so there was like reconnecting uh, that way, I guess. And uh, so that was kind of how this last, couple of years went because I love to cook. You had some great recipes up there yeah. and I was, and I started listening to you, finding your music again.
5: Yeah. So, I'm so grateful awesome. to social media as messy of the world as it is. I'm grateful to it for keeping connections with people who we connect deeply with in our values and beliefs and like friends all over the country and like people that like you got I don't know we've ever met in person. No. Nope. Um, some nope. people we met in person one time and then just stayed friends through social media platforms or I've made friends through social media. It's, it can be a really beautiful community. So I'm grateful to it for that.
1: That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, not, it, it does have that benefit.
0: You did not do uh, from what I am gather from Craig's uh, intro there, you did not do the traditional, CCM thing and capitalize <laughs> on your relevant cover. <laughs> you would <laughs> <laughs> been like, hmm, let's re- music or recipes. Actually it's
1: diversification. It's a it's a really yeah, I love it. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Longer, deeper. It's deeper.
5: Uh, yeah. We were still doing music during that time. We were just focused on some other stuff as well. Yeah. We um let's see, up in like 2014, we m- moved from Nashville to Illinois, back to my hometown to help plant a church there, which is not something we thought we would ever do. But the right opportunity came up and we had been like, uh, you know, we let's, we're ready to start a family. Do we do that on the road? Or do we maybe settle down and find something that's a little more part-time like at a church. And then we can also go out and still do my anchor holds right here and there. So we chose that route and that was a good choice for us.
0: Well, Craig, I got your five bucks. <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> what? I feel
0: like I need
1: to know why <laughs> you want to, you want to, you want to share a little bit more there, Cody.
0: So Craig kept saying my anchor holds and I said, I think it's the anchor holds. Oh, oh.
1: Well, that's not I all know, you said. That's not all you said. No, uh, come on. I mean, the, you. This hey, it's is a, not fair. It's okay. It was recorded. We'll they can hear it later. <laughs> the
5: I, the I, anchor I holds said... is an old Ray Boltz song. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we are commonly confused with the anchor holds.
1: Is, it it uh, is funny really. if somebody Google's my anchor holds. Ray Boltz is like one of the first thing that pops up, really? a, or or an Thank old you. hymn. You know. Yeah, oh,
4: yeah. I kind of yeah. remember yeah. that
0: Ray Boltz so. song now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm mentioned. okay with wow. it. That mullet man that way no. I, mean, I have you ever seen Ray bolton concert uh no I have I have look at you nice. my mom and dad dragged me and a friend along and yeah no. when we were in That's middle school awesome. I think. and the
4: Lord blessed you through it right oh, <laughs>
0: probably, actually you know about uh more recent history with him don't you Ray? Right. yeah okay he's kind yeah. of an interesting yeah. fella yeah.
5: Speaking so, of Ray Bolts, um so I've been really into TikTok over the last year and a half and Liz Bolts his daughter is on TikTok and she's like a part of the deconstructing community on TikTok. She's awesome. She puts a lot of really beautiful wow. content out there.
1: Oh, really?
0: cool. Oh, we'll have to check that out. We so will, so, uh, that
4: so, out so, so
1: pick pick up your story again so you're a you're, you're doing the church planning in Illinois but you guys are in Minnesota, right?
4: Yes. Right, now we are. And I mean I would say though too I remember a pivotal time for us um, that made helped us make that decision to move was we were driving through Asheville, North Carolina, on our way back to Nashville, Tennessee. And Katie and I had had probably the final of many conversations where she was like, I cannot play music at another church that I would never step into personally because like we, our approach was sort of like we just followed opportunities that were in front of us. And on one hand that introduced us to some incredible people. We got to partner up and support some really cool ministries, but at the same time, a lot of people who brought us in were not people that we aligned with theologically. And we found ourselves in situations where um, there were issues with Katie being the main worship leader and Um, there were issues with like, decisions of about like where we could go and drink afterwards or not drink <laughs> afterwards, like with coffee
1: or drink tea
4: I, I sometimes after a worship gathering you need a little something right so yeah, there's yeah, like, yeah. there, <laughs> there a couple of those things where we um we realized that we had this this clash and katie was just like i, I can't do it anymore like yeah i've got to 100 own like wherever it is, we're doing music that we're supporting their ministry and a ministry that we truly believe in. Not just hoping one day that maybe they'll see things differently because in the end from an outsider, unless if we're vocal about it from stage, like nobody in that room will assume that we believe any different. Right. Uh, yeah. And so there's one of those pieces that kind of like, yeah, we wanted to like kind of transition into a new phase of our life as a family. But then also there's this theological understanding of I don't know where we need to be on this sort of bridge building process, but this just doesn't feel right anymore.
1: So how did the, how did, how did, what was the, what was the, what what were the theological nutrients? What was the, what what was the inputs that kind of moved you along in that way? Because I'm guessing you didn't start as a progressive evangelical or whatever you might label that or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you were finding some uh, dissonance with your, your audiences. You're moving in a different direction. What, what was feeding that?
5: You go first Katie. Lots of things. Well I'm sort of a church mutt in that I grew up in a small United Methodist church like a rural United Methodist church and then in high school full whiplash we started going to our town's like mega church (laughs) which is where I fell in love with worship music and that whole like being excited about your faith and sharing it and things like that and so the kind of mesh of those two things together is kind of what made me me and um Then we went to a school called Greenville College in Southern Illinois, which is kind of where both Jacob and I sort of our deconstruction, to use Hmm. a buzzword, sort of started And in those classes. And so Jacob and I had a very similar faith experience in that we sort of started um, questioning and looking a lot deeper. that deconstruction and that faith examination continued when we lived in Nashville at the church we were at there we were in like a class with um the pastor and a small group of people for a few years and got really deep into church history and how the bible was formed and how religion was formed and all that so I don't know it just it got down to our faith got shaved down to like the basic basic truths of (laughs) God is love and most of what we read in scripture is like a gray area. (laughs) And then our, our life experience as we were actually becoming friends with people in the gay community and learning who they were and realizing like, Oh, they're very normal (laughs) and they do love each other. And that like, that's not matching up with what I was taught about scripture. And so then Using our handy dandy Wesleyan quadrilateral, um, (laughs) you know, we're asking these important questions and yeah, all in all, just getting to a point where we realized God for us is very, not just inclusive, but affirming to all people. Um, The way of Jesus is very much about justice and caring for the people that the people in power don't care about (laughs) and um, all these things so um that's kind of that's where we're at now like there's there's some big fundamental simple truths that guide all of our other beliefs and ways of being in christian world I don't know if that
1: answered your question, but yeah, but it it, it kind of describes that story of that, that, that pilgrimage that I think a lot of people are going through right now. It almost seems like there's a a really uh, a strong, um, there's a season of that movement, but it also seems like of that kind of awareness, there's uh, one group that like drops off and disappears because they don't find any vitality or a sense of human flourishing in the church. And there's a group that finds themselves still uh, thinking that they're part of, you know, working through God's mission and loving Jesus and doing it. And it's how, how, how have you navigated that? Have you had that fork in the road? Did you choose one way over the other?
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, my story is really similar to Katie's. I, I grew up in a Southern Baptist world in Texas mm. and, and, Um, I just, I had these moments in my life where I was coming face to face with situations where I just, I felt like my understanding of who God was and who I was in relationship to God didn't make sense anymore. Um, and I kept going back to this question of like, but am, am I still welcome in the church? Is there still a spot for me here? And thankfully I was. I was around people who constantly said, yes, of course. Yes. Like look in scripture, look at these stories, look at our church history, look at these calls for laments, like all of this stuff. Not only do you have a spot in a pew, it's not like the back far corner one. It's the one who rings (laughs) the bell in the church, right? Like it says the call to worship and, and that's how pivotal it is. But I mean, that's just because I had somebody, I had people in my life who were, calling that out. And right. it makes a whole lot of sense why people would come up against those same struggles of uh, trying to understand who they are in relationship to God and who or what in the heck God is and why it matters. And to just say, you know what, I'm, I'm feeling more of a pull towards people outside of the church because they've got better answers for me right now. Right. And I feel like at that point, it's a different version of the good news potentially. Right. Like if it leads you to a fuller understanding of who you are and who God is in the world. Um, I just happen to like have an experience of that within the walls, the quote unquote, walls of the church. Right? right. So, so for me, that's just where it is, where it lands. But I mean, kind of like the, the last question that I asked myself um, in the church that we were at in Nashville was, I went through this series of questions of like, what's the least amount I can believe that would, (laughs) what's what's the least amount of things that I need to be true, like as I have understood it for me to be a Christian. And one of the last pieces of that was like the, the understanding of Christianity and the understanding of the relationship and how you navigate a relationship with God that I'd grown up in um, and recognizing that there's so much beauty and so much wisdom if we don't look at the way of Jesus as truly this narrow gate but truly maybe this opening into an opportunity to understand God um and all the ways that that shows up but I was thinking
5: like like faith now to us looks much less like a religion and much more like just a way of living and moving in the world and it just so happens that we still feel very comfortable and very at home within the Christian church. And we've been able to reconcile that, make sense of that, recognizing that the church is still a very messy place, but like we both still feel called, I guess to use (laughs) a church word to still be a part of it and to be not just to participate in it, but to be a part of the sort of reformation of it as well. Like, Mm jacob used the term bridge building all of that like we still feel like there's hope for the church and like all the things that the church has lost in the evangelical movement i think that there's a lot there that can be restored and we've seen the goodness of what the church can be and we want to be a part of the church continuing that goodness in the world if we can and there may be a time when we're like ready to be done with the church but not yet
0: yeah wow yeah Couple and both of you mentioned, it should popped up and I don't know if you did this intentionally, but this idea of actually there's, if you go deeper into Christianity, farther back, deeper into the roots of Christianity, um, which ev- evan- American evangelicalism is very unrooted, if, in mm. my opinion, like it's very like all about the cutting off from what came before, even though mm-hmm. there's still the links, of course, but it just seems like, I mean, what I grew up in, the, it, I grew up in evangelical tradition, non-denominational, but still that was the background, uh, was evangelical. And it was when I became more serious about learning about the history of the church, Christianity, mm-hmm. taking the Bible more seriously, mm-hmm. that I became more rooted. And also I, I, it, people would throw the label on progressive or liberal, but I mean that's just that's where it took me following yeah. those those roots and that history and I, I heard that on both of your stories a little bit there. Yeah,
4: that's great. Well, that wasn't intentional. We rarely do no. anything <laughs> intentionally.
0: <laughs> no, me
2: neither. I, I mean, like it. It's good. Well, that just makes for good
1: music. You each bring different parts. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Otherwise, if you'd be boring if you're just doing unison. Which Ray, would just as a as a side comment, it's nice to hear you, Jacob, because you don't. I don't hear you a lot singing.
4: Yeah. Well, um,
1: I mean, you're kind of in the background, but yeah, yeah. You're, you're there sometimes <laughs> in my mind. I've, I've, I've often thought of you as maybe, maybe, maybe you're all too young to know the reference, but silent Bob, you know, Kevin oh, Smith. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: too young to know the reference
1: well i mean that was what back in the early 2000s you guys were hardly <laughs> out of come on you know, we weren't allowed s- to watch that back yeah
5: then, but i know what you're talking about <laughs> we
1: prayed yeah, there were some lot. bad words <laughs> in it there were some Kevin bad words Smith in it but not from not from silent bob
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> well, well, he spoke on occasion
1: yeah <laughs> only when necessary
0: yeah, that, yeah.
4: That's, you know the the thing that like Katie and I, we met doing music. My, um, my role in college, um, I led a student led like worship service um, that was sort of like handed to me and then like I handed it off whenever I left but I was I was organizing like who would lead music for the worship and i had different bands and i had a crush on katie and so i was like let's join our bands together so like (laughs) we used music to make it happen she had a crush on my drummer at the time which was not cool it's only because he was giving me
5: attention i actually was secretly in love with jacob the whole time
1: oh wow (laughs) i don't don't
4: believe it
0: it. (laughs) oh so so did you
1: uh have that drummer accidentally or you know like I don't
5: know.
0: you're no longer in the band
1: Give them the wrong directions to the gig or, uh, <laughs> no. oh, i
5: finally got tired of that guy's hijinks and
1: <laughs> well you said drummer... hijinks okay i thought hygiene. you said hygiene okay
5: oh. <laughs> <laughs> i got so tired I mean, of his hygiene drummers do work drummers. hard
1: but i didn't know
0: that's right. so. they're sweaty drummers are a little sweaty. <laughs> that's so funny yeah yeah so, funny enough I, back
5: then Jacob did most of the singing and I did mostly background vocals and then eventually over time Jacob kept encouraging me and transitioning me into singing lead and then he not only stopped volunteering to sing lead on songs but then I'd be like do you want to sing this song and he'd be like oh,
2: no.
5: <laughs> then he started complaining about it and then I got tired of asking so now I do most of it he sings sometimes
1: so this is, this is a good segue. Say, some, say something, tell me about your music.
5: Um,
1: oh. I mean, it, what some of the stuff I, you know, I think what caught me is it has kind of that Southern kind of Appalachian mm. uh, pounding beat kind of thing. I like, it's kind of like an acoustic rock kind of thing. Mm. Uh, not really even rock and roll, but it's it got, it's got, it's more earthy Americana. It's got all that pieces to it. But then there's also a blues uh, vocal mm. element. But then, when you start singing about uh, international cuisine, there's kind of a jazz <laughs> feel to it. Um, oh my
5: gosh!
1: You know, yeah, that's so what? Fun. What? Tell me, you know, how would you describe uh, your music?
5: Yeah, we usually say, well, we said like Americana, soul, soul, yeah. Back in the Dirty Jesus EP days, it's evolved though. We've been like writing more worship music, which is a whole genre in and of itself. right? Um, and then our new EP is going to be some elements of all of that, yeah. <laughs> but also different. Um, the producer we worked with is super creative and we were just like, do what you do, man. And so it's kind of a different direction for us, but We're excited about it. But yeah, I kind of tell people that our music is like our our, this is kind of stealing this phrase from our friend Nate Hogue, who's also a musician. But he says some of my music is music I sing at you and some of the music is what I sing with you. And so Ah. we have this like worship side of our music and where we want to be writing and recording songs for the purpose of congregational singing. And then we also have other music that's more for performance. So that's more lyrically, not something that everybody could sing along to. Musically, it's different, harder to play, that kind of stuff. So we've got kind of two different things that we do.
1: And it, so, but you're trying to bring them together in a collection rather than say, over oh, here's our worship songs and over here's Ray. our performance songs. And Ray.
5: trying to, yeah, I think our new EP is definitely more performance oriented. And then we've been trying to record some singles for worship. Hopefully okay. someday we'll have the time and energy and resources to do like a whole album of stuff. But <laughs> for now, we just do a little bit at a time.
1: <laughs> so, uh, the- you.
0: You described okay. yourself as a, a church mutt earlier, Katie. So are my hearing are also a bit of a music mutt. Yeah, yeah. for
5: sure, <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah, our daughter is listening to Frozen right now, I don't know. If love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's definitely the the consistencies between both Jacob's musical influences and mine is that we both have ties to sort of Americana stuff. Like I grew up listening to country music. Jacob grew up, I think his dad was like a James Taylor guy. So we have this like acoustic guitar things that resonate within us. Mm-hmm. And then also soulful stuff. My uncle um, played in a blues band for a while. And so that, and then he had me come sing with them sometimes. as like a 14 year old. I was like singing in bars with my uncle's blues band, which is funny, but um and then Jacob's into more like actual soul music is a lot of what he listens to. So um,
1: actual soul, what's what's that mean? <laughs>
5: <laughs> Name well, some artists, Jacob.
4: I mean, I when it comes to like Americana, like soulful roots sort of sounds, I love St. Paul and the Broken Bones, okay. and like Ratliff, yeah. and I mean newer folks like the Warren Treaty, like there's this mix of like really earthy sounds with someone who can emote not just vocally but also through everything that they play you know and my my guitar that I grew up playing on um, I I tried to take lessons and I just hated every moment of it so I just (laughs) taught myself stuff but I mean I would just try to make sounds out of it and I would I would find a way somehow to put it in open tuning and I would take pencils and I would hit it like, a Oh yeah. And like, I
1: love that sound.
4: <laughs> yeah. Like I tried just a bunch of different stuff and um, it wasn't until when I was in high school. There was one summer I traveled a little bit with a guy named Billy foot who was like a songwriter back in the like, heyday of passion and all that stuff but he had a 12 string that he put into an open tuning and it was just like a friggin' symphony man just like (laughs) how full it was and and from that moment I was like I don't need to learn anything else than that like I just want to learn that (laughs) Um, but I started to figure out how to put some of that grit into it and part of it was just like that grit and made it feel like it was a closer representation of where we were at spiritually. And that Mm. like the cleanness of like everything sounding crystallized and clear and all that stuff just didn't match the the words that we were writing and our hearts when we were putting the music down. And, and so it's been for me, like that draw to it has been more of like, how do I, Katie's role is to like, create a lot of the melodies and all that stuff vocally and so how and she adds that grit that rawness to it in her voice how do i do that musically yeah Yeah. um so
1: yeah i i I think of it as i i don't know if this is an appropriate stylistic a style terminology but it makes me think of appalachian stomp okay i I, I really want to (laughs) like stomp you know there's a there's a a strong march to it almost it's like Um, And I I I like that style. One of the things, do you find that style? um, Does that does that work in Minnesota? Uh, (laughs) Well, uh, so so, my my experience with Minnesota music scene is very limited. Uh, Are you familiar Mm -hmm. with House of Mercy? Mm -mm. Uh, It's a
0: Peter Mayer. Peter Mayer.
1: It's a Katie Katie Blue's the pastor there. Okay. And it's uh, I don't know if they still do, but they meet in the First Baptist Church of Saint Paul
4: oh okay
1: and they are into americana mm. music for all their congregational singing
2: mm. cool.
1: and then they they rent out a bar they used to i know they don't do this anymore but they used to rent out a bar one sunday a month to do like a, a radio program kind of like pray oh cool. style. yeah yeah and spotlight a bunch of different musicians yeah um, but yeah so so do you find uh Minnesota a place of affinity uh, alliance with music or are you just hearing something different? Because yeah. the other thing I think about Minnesota music is Husker Du. You know, <laughs> a little punk there. Or Prince. You know, right. So. Right.
4: I know. I mean, I think about the Hold Steady. Like there's there's this like mm. weird mix of music that I think is really interesting about Minnesota. And honestly, the music and the food caught me off guard. Like there's a really good mix of like different types of food here and i think part of it is it's a refugee city so we've yeah. got a lot of different Oh, the uh, ethiopian
1: restaurants are amazing oh man <laughs> uh, and so there's the
4: combination of this weird mesh of yeah. music it honestly was kind of like whenever we first moved to nashville and i found like the punk rock bars and like the the funk bars and stuff like that it was like oh there's more than country music here <laughs> <laughs> you know like um so yeah there's some pretty cool stuff and um i i There's something about the grittiness of like choosing to live in Minnesota that I think actually does resonate with with like that music and that, yeah, I don't know, that they warm somehow through the tequila or the vodka or whatever it is.
1: (laughs) When we lived in Kansas, I, I lived in Kansas for a number of years, pastored there for I think seven years or so. And, you know, you, we'd, we'd have these days where it'd be 74 degrees one day. And then overnight, you know, the wind comes in from the north and the next day it's 20 below. Yeah. <laughs> and you just have these experiences, tornadoes, you know, massive thunderstorms, exciting oh, things man. where you, you know, if you live in the Great Plains, survival is something you have to accomplish. It doesn't just happen. So Earn Just it. living there makes you feel like you can brag Earn about it. something. So.
4: That's a great point. Katie, <laughs> what, what were we gonna uh, you going to say? off?
5: Yeah, well. Unfortunately, we haven't got to venture out much musically. We've lived in Minnesota now for four years. And, you know, the first year's like getting settled and finding our bearings and just figuring out what kind of churches are here. And then we started doing some guest worship leading at churches. And that's a lot of what we do is guest worship leading. Um, And so most of that music we were doing was um, like just worship music with a little bit of our music mixed in. And then we finally get settled and want to start playing and then COVID happens and ruins everything. And now it's yeah. been almost two years of very little live music happening. So, yeah. but I do find that like our, our kind of soulful acoustic stuff has been resonating well with the people that we've been doing stuff with here. It's most like, you know, Minnesota as a whole, mostly white people. The cities is a little more diverse because it's nice. a refugee city, but um and as you all know, probably more of the progressive church community tends to be primarily white folks. So um, our music has gone well in that arena so far.
1: <laughs> well, bringing up the whole racial dynamic, though, it, the, it's it, um, Minnesota over the period of the di- uh, pandemic was almost the heart of you know, the, ra- the racial justice movements of the last, you know, 18 months uh, with George Floyd. And, and, and so you're in the thick of it there. What, what was that like and how did that affect your music? And in fact, you do have a song that picks up some of that. So.
5: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, man, that, it's been I mean, tense.
4: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's so much of, so much of our journey within our theological spaces has like had this um, delayed progression also in our understanding of systemic injustice and like the um the things that we uh unknowingly have been a part of um uh, but now know our role in it and how do we rectify things and change things and acknowledge it and repent and all of that stuff and and um uh when George Floyd was murdered um, it was this awakening that sort of happened all across the cities, um, in a way that had a lot of people trying to wrestle with it in super practical instances. Like, what does it mean practically? Like, why is it that, um, I, when I look around in my circles, the only people of color, um, are inserted into white spaces, you know, or like, why is it that, when I go to a black barber shop, I feel uncomfortable. Like it, what are the things about it that I need to explore for myself? And, and I work in an organization, um, that does short-term mission trips. Um, that's a, a old, like historical, like white led organization, um, and our president right now, um, she's a black woman. And so for the last five years, she's been trying to lead this historically white Male-dominated organization mm. through this greater understanding, um, and uh, when George Floyd was murdered, um, there was this really intentional moment within our organization of saying, "Like this is this is not only it should not only shock us because of how awful it was and how grotesque it was, but the reality of it shouldn't shock us because." for some people, it doesn't shock them. Like right. this was expected, this sort of, um, take, take this, this, uh, instance where a life was taken unjustly is expected within black and brown bodied individuals. Um, and what is our role in this now? Yeah. Um, and so we, we've come, we, we've come into a lot of spaces where we've had to sort of recognize, um, for us, when do we need to just be silent and just be supporters of a space? And it, it was really obvious for us when when Chauvin was um, when his uh, trial ended and the verdict was announced, we went to George Floyd Square. And I mean there they don't they don't hold anything back when you're in that space and there are just like signs and posters like whenever you walk into this square of, white people, this is not for you. (laughs) Like you, when, when you're in this space, you give up your spot. If a person of color needs to be there, like you, you come here respectfully, you don't dominate, you don't try to make it about you and like forcing ourselves to be in those spaces uh, to just come face to face with it, with our kids and like be able to have those types of conversations is just, it's been wild for us. Um, And Uh, I mean, Katie, you can speak from your perspective too, but like, I haven't handled it all that well, especially with (laughs) our kids. Like, I just, I really struggle with like, how do you have conversations with a um, six-year-old about these sort of things? And I've wanted to shy away from it and I've wanted to like sugarcoat it. And Katie has been this huge advocate within our family for like, he needs to know that George Floyd was murdered. You know, and right. he needs to know that some, some um, of our friends uh, feel uncomfortable when police are around. And we need to be able to talk about that. And and me, I'm just like, I, maybe it's the Texan in me, maybe it's the Southern Baptist in me. I don't know, but I'm just like, oh, uh, <laughs> to a more comfortable space.
5: <laughs> like, I like I to talk that. about hard stuff. Oh, man. I, um, yeah. So when I was thinking about it in regards to our music too, because we've been sort of experiencing it. An evolution there as well like so that that um ep that we recorded back in 2012 there's a song on there called weight in the water um and as an intro to that song i sing a part of the old spiritual weight in the water and like you know back then it was just like oh that's like a cool song i want to sing it too not even now it's like Oh crap. Are we appropriating? Like, is this, (laughs) is this not appropriate anymore? So now when we perform that song, I don't sing the spiritual at the beginning. It feels wrong. And um, you want to be let in, you stay there. Um, We can't do anything without being interrupted. Um, And then more recently with like after George was murdered, I just like, was stuck in my head for two days and wanted to write a song about that situation and, and our perspective about it as people who are sort of stepping, <laughs> there's Jacob going to get, Lucy, sort of as people who are stepping into more outright allys- allyship with the black community, because that was another thing we were sort of quiet about for a while. And, you know, I think George was, became like a line in the sand for a lot of people of like, okay, we're tired of being quiet about this. We're speaking up I don't care if I'm you know shaking up the status quo we need to talk about this Um, and so we ended up writing a song about that called I can't breathe where we talk about how our own experience and sort of recognizing these evils going on around us wanting to be a part of the solution and standing up with the black community and actually echoing the phrase I can't breathe because that's Mm -hmm. something that we did when we went to the protest Mm -hmm. they the black community led that chant and then the white people and other people protesting with them would echo it. Um, And even in the creation of this song in just in my own little world, it felt so, so right. And then we approached some black musician friends about it and said like, we'd love for you to sing with us on this song when we record it. And many of them were like, I'm not comfortable with that. And so we had to take this look at ourselves like, Oh shoot, are we approaching this wrong? (laughs) and we had to rewrite some of the lyrics and we sat on that song for like four months until we rewrote the lyrics and redid it and even now like and we still had uh, some of our black friends like we love this song we're so happy to sing on it with you and other black friends were like this isn't this isn't quite right Hmm. um and so that song in itself has been this little journey of learning what it is to be an ally and that there's no easy answers and that you kind of just have to like put yourself out there and contribute and participate even if it's not quite right but you you have to try and you also have to be willing to shut up and listen when someone tells you this isn't quite right." right um so that's been a pretty crazy experience too to um be developing music while we're developing that part of ourselves yeah um yeah and it's uh i i love that song and also we haven't promoted it a lot because we're worried that it's going to come off in the wrong way and be offensive right. or you know i'm sure in like three years it's going to be irrelevant and people like <laughs> we might have to take it off the internet i don't know but <laughs> it's at least artistically is a picture of what the experience of many white people right now in learning what it is to step into allyship mm. So if nothing else, yeah, I, I that. think
1: that's one of those things that's really interesting, I think, for allyship, for those of us who are, you know, and, you know, identifying that space and trying to be a, you know, an ally is to give up our um, expectations of what kind of ally we're going to be rather than just making ourselves available and saying how, you know, you know, how can I be useful? And I'll have them go, well, you can, you can sit back there. <laughs> 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 okay, yeah. I'll go back there. Um, and that's, That's, um, you know, because I think, at least for myself, I know, hey, I want to do something. I want to be, I want to, I want to, I want to be, I want to jump into it. And that's not my place. Uh, And uh, it's, uh, is is that kind of that experience with that song or some other aspects of that um, moving forward in allyship that it's, you're moving forward, but then, well, as an artist, you want to produce, you want to promote, you want to, you want to, you want to put something into the conversation. Um, How is that altered there? I mean, what do you put out there?
5: Right. Well, and just for me, I mean, expression through my voice is like innate. It's what I do in any area of life, especially with music. And so it was like very natural to have this, you know, this big event happen here and then to express it through song. And while that in itself, nothing wrong with that. At the same time, like you said, I mean, we're learning that sometimes we need to just shut up and... (laughs) just be present, but not be necessarily active in the conversation. And so um, I constantly feel pulled by that tension. I think for us, we recognize that a lot of our, I don't know if we'd call it fan base. A lot of the people that listen to our music are white church people. And so in that sense, this song serves a purpose to hopefully embolden other people to take that step from like, being polite and quiet to taking that step forward into like, no, we need to talk about this. And I'm recognizing that there's systemic problems that I need to be a part of the solution. So yeah, this song like is not for the black community. It's for the white community. And for us to say, Hey people, we need to step up. We need to step up. (laughs) So hopefully it serves that purpose if nothing else. And we decided to not um, receive any profit off of that song, any of the the money we make off of downloads, which isn't much, but any of it goes to racial justice organizations led by people of color. Um, oh. So that's part of our commitment too that it's not mm. sent another way for us to like decenter ourselves.
0: Mm. So your conversation there, uh, you know it's for the white community to ask these questions or to wrestle with this this particular issue and how we be allies it actually makes me think about the connection to, worship music really well, because when I think of worship music now as a pastor, I'm a pastor of a, of a couple of congregations. I think of worship, not so much about, Hey, let's tell God how great God is all the time. Um, instead I think of it as formation of us while we were doing that, You know, while we're obviously descent, you know, taking our focus off of ourselves. So is there a way to incorporate that type of, I mean, you're doing it with the song I I would imagine they're not using it necessarily in a worship setting, but is there a way to write some worship music that forms, I'm an all white church, right? We're in an all white church that forms us into thinking how we can be allies, supportive, that type of thing.
5: Yeah, totally. We're trying to write more worship music that helps us see outside of ourselves. And that was something that was taught to us um, back in college. One of our professors, Dr. Brian Hartley, amazing guy and we took a worship class with him Jacob and I were in it at the same time I think and one of the big questions we talked about in that class was like why is modern worship so focused on ourselves as individuals that doesn't make any sense (laughs) and um, I remember that being like a radical idea at the time and now it's like innate in me like if worship music is only focused on me that's a problem because it defeats the purpose of what we're doing here so we've tried to write and include more worship music that is focused on us as a community, being open to what God is doing and being open to change and reforming ourselves and confession and other worship elements that have um, stood the test of time that again, somehow got lost in the evangelical movement. (laughs) So kind of trying to restore some of that.
4: And I think part of it too, the way that we write, and I, I mean, this is probably it's different for everybody, but the way that we write, when we think about worship music is like, we would, we do want to communicate some things that people could sing communally and like align themselves with that whole idea of, you know, singing is praying twice, like all of that stuff, but we don't necessarily write in ways that um, uh, would, would be used as worship, like in and of itself. Um, meaning uh, a lot of the music that we write that is for congregational singing um, is meant to draw, us to our, draw our attention together um, after we've already been unified around a singular thought or an idea. It's kind of that, this is a collective way that we say, now that we've heard this word from the Lord, whether it be through you know a testimony or a homily or whatever it is, and we resonate with it, let's join together now and um and seeing this uh, as a way of um carrying it forward um so from from my perspective i sort of that pressure of like how do you talk about you know 400 years of <laughs> racial injustice and or, you know like how do you how do you cover that in a worship song like part of me is like well maybe we need to have a broader like that's the benefit of that broader view of worship and that singing has a role to play in communal worship um and Uh, And then there's these other pieces that could help um, provide that lift.
5: Yeah. And thankfully, there are some other artists out there creating incredible music for this very purpose. Um, There's very few progressive Christian worship artists. But one that we've discovered in the last couple of years um, is a band called The Porter's Gate. And they have this album called Justice Songs. Have you all heard it? Oh, okay. This is your musical homework. Um, justice songs by the Porter's gate.
1: I've been eagerly looking for this stuff. So
5: (laughs) yes, it's incredible. And it's like a collective of artists that came together and they write these themed albums. Um, but they came out with justice songs last year. I think it was soon after George Floyd and just incredible, like very singable music Mm. for the purpose of like, we want to be communities who, create you know work with God to restore justice in the world. Um so we've been able to pull from a few sources like that as well. It seems like we end up getting worship songs out that we write slower than we'd like. Um but there are some other artists out there making some really great music as well. It's just hard to find.
0: Yeah it is why is it why is it so hard to find
5: oh my gosh I don't know how did I not hear so many people- till today. I know well and that's like I just heard about another couple of albums in the last month that are amazing yeah. that have come out recently that I had no idea about so yeah
0: and
4: I mean I think it's the it's the same way that like there's the mechanism of the church right like there's a mechanism of like publishing releasing music and if fit if it fits within the parameters of it then it's an easier ride mm-hmm. um if it doesn't fit within the parameters of it, even if it's like 99% there, but that one skosh is not like, it, it's bumpy and it's not no. as easy to find.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, I've been consuming a lot of common hymnal. <laughs> so, yes. yes, common hymnal is uh, amazing. Amazing stuff, uh, you know, with, with uh, a variety of styles and some of their visuals, um, the the artistic work that goes along is just, you know, beautiful and painful. But, um, but yeah, it's like, we, I, I need more for our congregation's worship. So
5: yeah. Yeah. yeah, And that's what I think keeps driving us forward as like worship slash performance artists is knowing that there's a huge need. There's no like this the contemporary Christian music industry has no interest in this music. So it's like, we have to do it independently and we have to do it independently as people who are also, work from home parents and Jacob also works a full-time job and so like we as specific like particular artists don't get you know as much exposure because we you have to work for that but um, I just have to believe that there's more artists out there like us and I especially on TikTok I've kind of found my way into the like deconstructing ex-evangelical community of TikTok and there are thousands of people in that community that are speaking up and craving music like this and saying we need more of this and so I think that keeps driving us forward to write more and to even though it's a bit of a grind for us as independent artists want to keep doing what we're doing um, because people are asking for it and who knows maybe we're at the beginning of like maybe this you know someday will be a new aspect of the Christian music business it's just yeah it's not yet. Well, there's a,
0: there's a liberty there though, too, of not being constrained by that industry. I mean, right. so the, there's cons to not being a part of it, but there's <laughs> some nice pros too, so. Right. Yeah. yeah, when you
4: build your whole livelihood around that mechanism, then you're forced to write and create stuff that reinforces that mechanism, right? That's right. And <laughs> only very few artists have been able to see so much success that they could say, you know what, I'll branch off. I'll do this thing and figure it out. Uh, But I mean, Derek Webb years ago had this phrase around like being a blue collar musician uh, and how that was the new future of the music industry. And um, I think there's a lot of freedom in recognizing that we don't need to put all this pressure on artists to only make this kind of art like they and maybe kind of forcing them into an opportunity where they have to have other things in their life going at the same time. Might allow them or encourage them to think differently about the types of art that they do make.
0: That's right. Uh, yeah, I, th- how that affects what you create. Like, you, uh, y- y- I feel more connected to hmm. Derek Webb and his work because I, you know, uh, I ex- have experienced what he's going through. I don't experience hmm. what so and so and CCM's top charts, you know, are necessarily experiencing. So, right. yeah, it's good. Craig, it looks like Craig is doing there some we screen go. turn. So, there we
1: go. Um, yeah, so uh, Jacob and I have having a side conversation here, and he mentioned a song, Holding Out Faith. So, I got it queued up. Should I just start it at the beginning? And what would you like us to hear from it? Do uh, you want to play three minutes and 27 seconds, or you go, <laughs> oh, wait, you got to hear the second chorus? It starts at 157. You got it, or whatever. So, yeah.
4: I mean, my, the thing I love about this song and Katie wrote it was that it's the beginning of it is such a clear declaration of like, what the F, like what (laughs) is happening? And um, so is that, is that,
1: is that part of the lyric? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
4: Nope. (laughs) (laughs) It's the underlying tone. But like my, um, so my favorite is honestly the first verse and chorus, uh, but Katie, like you you say if you think it'd be different.
5: This was one of those songs I wrote in the car when I was like, I don't know what I believe anymore. And funny enough, it's not only about faith, but there's like another part of my life, a thing that I used to do professionally that I was in the, a part of a whole other mechanism that I was like, what is going on in this world? I just don't know if I wanna be a part of this anymore. And I was like, oh, this is very much like my experience with the church world. What is going on here? I don't know if I wanna be a part of this anymore. And I thought, oh, yeah, there's a lot of people in church world that are feeling that. So I wanted to write a song that could apply to people in the church who are deconstructing or just whatever, feeling unsettled in the church and figuring it out.
1: Okay, let's see. Hopefully my screen sharing options will work here and it'll sound just as we want it to. that's pretty awesome (laughs) yeah that
4: line have i tethered my soul to an unrighteous god like i cannot like katie found a way to capture so many points in my faith and like life understanding of like what the heck is happening things are
1: not what i thought they would be that is the wtf that's that's, that that's that i mean that's like what (laughs) right oh yeah yeah um love it I, and great vocal and i really love the slide uh, on the guitar there that's yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh um, awesome. it's
1: yeah. a
4: it's yeah.
1: it is a different sound uh, in, in a lot of ways but it's also maybe an evolution of a similar sound i mean it sounds like you guys but it's going in a you know different direction that's cool
5: yeah it's not the same yeah. thing yeah and our uh the ep it's gonna be five songs and we're due to release it november 19th
1: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Look for it
0: coming out. We'll link it. We'll we'll be sharing it. So, so
1: we, we 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 need to wrap up our conversation. I know Cody's got some place to go, but Cody has something important that he needs to deal with right now with the two of you. Cool. Okay. Uh, got to do it. So Cody always tries to make people uncomfortable and put them in a hot seat for five try. questions. Try. try. Uh, it's not a try. It's I'm, he he fully my accomplishes presence. it.
0: My so, cousin Falon.
1: I mean, you get you guys have been really forthcoming with us, a couple of strangers, and so we really want to uh, honor that, and then push it even further to the place where you know, you know, we we really make you sweat.
0: Hot seat time. Here we go. These right. are our final You're five questions that we ask every guest. <clears throat> All right, are you ready? Yes. For Thanks. this, okay. What are you drinking? Okay, so what is your go-to drink it could be what you're literally drinking right now sitting in front of us if you got a drink or what would you be like hey i want to buy somebody a drink this is the drink here it is mm.
5: oh i love margaritas and red wine but i go back and forth together
0: to that's a
4: great no mix. Oh. no it depends on
5: my mood. <laughs> red
0: wine margaritas
5: oh gotcha
4: <laughs> yeah um i i love rye whiskey um oh, and yes. so that's my preference but i also i have fallen in love more recently with mezcal um oh. just because the the smokiness all yeah. of that um so that's what i'm exploring
0: do you have and a so brand that, that... rye or mezcal that you recommend um well with rye i just like bullet because mostly because it's in my price range <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> it's a good it's a good taste within my price range that i would buy regularly so nice. yeah Probably and so that goes right.
1: to your earlier statement about after after a, a, a show you had, needed to go get a drink. That's right. And so now you can, and everybody right. knows it, right? Or will know it, right?
0: After you've been spirit filled, you gotta go get spirit filled. You know.
1: What there, you go. there you go. I like that.
5: I like that. Well <laughs>
1: said. Is that on the bottom of your church bulletin? That'd be a great yes. thing after, after the benediction. <laughs>
0: pastors, pastors buying rounds after. <laughs> All right. Next question. What are you reading? So it can be obviously a book uh, or something you recommend for people to read a favorite book, a new book, an old book could be a, a blog that you regularly go to a magazine or a journal. Okay. Oh, Katie was on it. I, so we got, what do we got here? Yeah, what is
5: I, Cause I love this oh. book. Um, Tyler Sitt is a, Minneapolis pastor. He's got a um, United Methodist church plant here in the heart of the cities. This book is so incredible. Um, it's great for people who are currently in the progressive Christian world and leading ministries. It's great for people who stepped away from the church, have a bad taste in their mouth from the church and are coming back to it um, and kind of wondering, like, do I wanna be a part of this again? Wow. And it's also great for people who are stepping into the church for the first time and wow. have, you know, somehow gotten past all of the religious crap and still see the heart of Jesus and want to be a part of church. But they're like, what the heck is church even all about? What's the point of it? This book is incredible. Yes. Cool. Um, it's called
0: Staying awake. The gospel for change makers for those yeah. on audio. Tyler said. Yes. It's That's
4: an awesome. easy
5: read. It's inspiring and it's fun. So yeah.
0: good. Cool.
4: Um, Jacob. Yeah. Mine is, um, a book uh, by Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith. It's called sacred rest. Um, and it's just because I am the worst at like actually feeling restful ever. (laughs) And, um, I was, uh, I I feel like so much of my life begins with, I saw a Ted talk, but I did. (laughs) Um, And she was talking about, she she has this perspective of there's seven different types of rest that we need. We need emotional, we need relational, we need creative, sensory rest, spiritual rest, uh, physical rest. Like it's not just to feel rested. You don't just unplug and go and binge watch Netflix for eight hours. That could be part of how you rest, but like a lot of times I would do that and I wouldn't, Get back from it and feel like, well, now I'm just as tired. Like, why don't I feel more? <laughs> How'd that happen? Right. So I started reading it, or I, I, I'm going to be honest. I listen to it. I I rarely read books <laughs> anymore. I do audiobooks mm-hmm. all the time because yep. I can speed yep. it up. Go super <laughs> yeah. fast.
1: So you need to rest. So hit twice. your know, speed times two. Got to
4: get through this, man. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Make it efficient. But I,
0: I'm what was it in. called again? What was the name again? Sacred rest. Sacred rest. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good one. Well, your mention of Netflix there brings us to the third question, which is what are you watching? So it can be. What are you binging on Netflix <laughs> or what's a documentary right now that you really recommend people watch, or it could be a YouTube channel that you think people should.
1: You know, watch. Cody, this yeah. could be really confessional because I we've never had a couple <laughs> yeah. before. Yeah. I mean, because right. some people when they binge watch without their partner, yeah. that creates some controversy. Yeah. So we hey, might hey hear time. some, some, some harsh oh, yeah. honesty ask, right here. That's
0: ask Lisa and I about X-Files someday.
5: <laughs> oh, man. We've yeah. been, uh, we usually go back and forth between something really serious and heavy to something really ridiculous and goofy. So like two of the most recent things we watched were, let's see, Squid Game was like our serious heavy thing mm-hmm. and Midnight Mass.
0: Oh, yes. There's Ooh, some serious conversations that. Our, our, about our, church. and are like the, the previous now. guests In a row. Yeah, that's right. right.
5: Okay. Oh, but then the goofy that. thing that we just finished was called Sexy Beast. It's like a
0: dating oh. reality show, and it's hilarious. <laughs> I've seen an ad for that, I think that's
1: funny. Awesome. Midnight Mass is one that it, it's a really interesting. I, I went ahead and watched it, and it's like, oh, I love this hymn. I like this song. What a great, um, you know, the, the the soundtrack is really, really kind of cool. But it's against this other backdrop of the action. You go, well, I don't know if I like that song anymore. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Now you all associate that with it every time you hear it, huh? Oh, so. yeah. Wow. Okay. Jacob, similar? Same answer?
4: Well, yeah. I mean, I also um, I watch, uh, right now I'm finishing up Billions, um, mm. which uh, I don't know. It's it's alright. It's one of those shows that's like it's, it's good because it's sort of like modern empire building through hedge funds and corruption yeah. and all that stuff. Anytime it's- there's corruption or mobs or mafia stuff,
0: I'm like all over it i
5: call them jacob's murder shows is what i call them all right i
0: like it okay all right next question what are you listening to so it could be a new album or an old album that you always listen to or it could be a podcast that you think everyone should check out or an audiobook that you think people should hear okay you go so many things
5: i'm podcast i'm currently listening to the rise and fall of mars hill
0: oh yes. aka this let's whole blame thing. everything but bad theology <laughs>
5: <laughs> um yeah good call that um musically there's two new um artists well they're not new artists they're new to me artists that i've been loving one is young oceans
2: who's oh, a yeah. worship
5: artist yeah. and the other is um it's like roman numerals i don't know what these are but it's page like a page in the book, and then the Roman numerals are CXVI. And she is a progressive Christian artist. I don't know how I haven't heard of her until now. Page CXVI.
1: Is that 124?
0: 114? 141? No, wait. No, I don't <laughs> You're doing good, though.
4: 116. 16, <laughs> 116. Page
0: 116.
5: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs>
4: Um, eh? for me i um i've got like a list i rarely i really like listen through full albums anymore like i'm such like a singles person and um i the playlist i listen to the most right now has a mix of the new respects oh yeah lady Lady ray jose james aloe black neon Mm -hmm. bridges but then there's also earth wind and fire in there the new master sounds like so there's a, it's a mix, of Sarah and Joan, Sarah, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. So it's a mix of that sort of like new funk with like old funk, retro. Is there a name to
0: this playlist that people could search it and find it? Uh, on it's Spotify?
4: Jacobs Does Dishes playlist. <laughs> 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 Is it
0: sure? Could we find
4: I, it? I was going to oh, ask, there a theme, you know, overarching. <laughs> yo. No, it's, I do, when I do the dishes, I listen to music and dance a little bit. And that's uh <laughs> It's it's a personal playlist I made that has that, but I'll I'll make it shareable. I'll, I'll find yes, a
0: sweet. That's Good. awesome. Okay. Cool. cool, cool, cool. All right, final question. You've done pretty well so far, but this is the one that you know we uh, Craig and I will judge you on this one.
1: And this <laughs> one actually is one that that it has serious consequences. Really, that's oh, right. Exactly, yeah. because
0: that could there's some uh, real life consequences. and yeah, and you'll see why. So Craig and I. Show up on your doorstep. Okay. Where are you taking us to eat? Oh. I mean,
5: we could talk about this for like thirty minutes.
4: Oh wait, are we like really good food but pretentious? <laughs>
5: almost.
1: No, here and here's here's the other. <laughs> let me throw this caveat out here. And I'm not going to worry about my keto. I'm. Um, uh, <laughs> um, um, oh, yeah, keto's gone at that point. So yeah, it's just so. what time of
5: day is it? Is it lunchtime or
1: dinner time? <laughs> we gotta
0: know. Wow. Well, there's two of you. So one can take oh, us to okay. lunch, one can so take I'll us do, to dinner. I'll do
4: break I'll do breakfast or lunch or breakfast. There you go. Okay. Okay. Um uh which um uh, well now I'm like second guessing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait. Are you guys in St. Paul or are you guys in Minneapolis? We're or in what?
5: Minneapolis and there's so much good food here. Okay, right? so what we would probably do is have a progressive dinner and we would like go somewhere for drinks and then somewhere. So that way you get a taste of everything. So breakfast starts with
1: drinks. uh,
4: (laughs)
5: Yeah.
1: breakfast would
4: be at fat Nats, which is like, like diner, but amazing food. It's one of those places where there's like no BS in there. Like you just, there's no substitutions. The menu is what it is. (laughs) Like you take it or leave it sort of thing. Um, But really good food, good coffee, really like a like a greasy diner sort of feel but that'll love it that'll give you the nap that will get you to katie's progressive dinner okay Okay.
5: (laughs) oh man one Uh, of my favorite restaurants here in minneapolis is this place called hi hi which is a small restaurant and it's like walking into a tropical paradise which you would not expect in minnesota the food is really good like pan asian fusion cuisine um and they make some seriously good cocktails there so that's Mm. one of my favorite places to go especially in the dead of winter when we need to escape winter for a few minutes and just Mm -hmm. go sit in the like little tropical restaurant and have a nice cocktail
0: (laughs) i love it okay great
1: and at the end of the day is the dakota club still around
0: oh yeah man well
4: they're 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 not doing shows yet i don't okay but they're um they've been doing like live streamed shows but not in okay. person that's None that's where
1: what i was working in uh that area that that would be the end of the weekend we'd go get martinis and listen to jazz nice oh, so, cool.
0: nice. yeah all right well well done you did good you survived <laughs> the final five and, cody uh, you and
1: i need to take a road trip and go take up everybody yeah. up on their meal off actually yes. craig no. awesome. i
0: we should do a whole series where it's like, okay, we're going to do like this year, hit all these places that we've asked now of all these guests. And or,
1: awesome. or we have a conference where we invite all our ah. guests to come together and they end up cooking perhaps Ooh. at the retreat center. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. um, can I say <laughs> so? We're here at the end of the episode and we're talking to musicians who live in Minnesota. And we haven't mentioned prince once what in the world <laughs>
4: it's i think it's because we're not we weren't born and raised in Midnight. there you go <laughs> yeah. i think that's right. the thing um but yeah
0: <laughs>
1: so has has prince surpassed bob dylan as the most prominent minnesota
4: pop i think artist? so yeah okay i think so yeah
1: <laughs> all righty
5: oh, it's been so fun thank you guys so much for having us we love yeah. what y'all do and we're so glad to be a part of it it's so good
1: to meet you guys face to face and uh wonderful that you're out there creating some um really uh both the performance music is awesome but giving us uh progressive christians something to sing thank you (laughs)
0: love it thank you yes and i'm going to continue to use my anchor holds in my (laughs) uh, (laughs) worship setting when I can, time to time.
1: There. So all right. Well, we'll see you all. And thank you so much. All right. All right. Bye bye. Thanks for joining Cody Stoffer and me, Craig Morton, for this podcast. We simply try to record and upload without much editing. What you get is live conversation with all its ignorance and insight, wisdom and foolishness. Sometimes more of one than the other. And occasionally profound things will be said, but entirely by accident. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment. And look for upcoming Facebook Live podcasts where you can interact with our guests. Also, we can be found on Twitter as at All That's Holy. Our intro and outro music is by At the Speed of Darkness. Support At the Speed of Darkness on Bandcamp and buy his music there, as well as follow him on Instagram at At the Speed of Darkness.